Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 50. Uh, Today we are in Luke chapter 23 as we make our way through the 24 chapters of Luke. I want to thank you if uh, this is a return visit for you, checking out this podcast. Uh, Maybe tonight is your first visit here. I welcome you either way. Um, I pray that God blesses you through his word as he so faithfully does. So we'll jump right into Luke chapter 23. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. I I imagine these people would call Jesus this anti-nationalist. May even call him not patriotic. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. You see how how they're manipulating the situation. Actually, Jesus never said don't give to Caesar taxes. In fact, he said quite the opposite. He said, whose picture is on the denarius? They said, Caesar. Jesus replied very wisely, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So they're actually completely just lying here outright. And they say here, in addition, that he claims to be Messiah. Yes, this is true. Jesus was very clear about who he was. Um, Now, notice what they tagged there at the end, a king. This is how they twist to manipulate because a king could pose a threat to the current ruling leadership. So that would cause them to even more want to squash any kind of in you know uh, insurrection or uprising that could potentially be so they're very much manipulating the situation. Jesus um, showed absolutely zero interest in in this point a earthly kingship. Um, he was only interested in completing and obtaining the will of the Father. So in verse 3, it says, So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus 
was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. So, something that's just kind of coming, sticking with me here, um, it says in verse 7, when he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction. So, now we're dealing with a different ruler of uh, over an area. He sent him, for, Pilate sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. It's, um, you could see this kind of as, you know, oh, coincidentally, the other ruling official was present during that time. How, um, what a coincidence or interesting how that lined up. You see, what would eventually occur uh, to Jesus in the life of Jesus would be on the surface a very, a very, um, negative thing, a very bad thing. But it so happened that these two officials were here. So things lined up. God orchestrated them in such a way that it would expedite the process of a bad thing occurring. Now, we, on this side of the cross, we can see that what happened was a very good thing but it took a bad thing to get to the good thing. So it, it's, I know many of us can be facing situations that it seems like everything just lines up perfectly for us to be positioned into this bad situation. It's like everything just clicks into place for it to turn out bad. But I want to encourage you, if that is you in describing the situation you find yourself in, is no matter what it is that is uh, encircling you as a child of God, we can rest assured that God is arranging and aligning our path so that even if bad events encircle us, God is using it, uh, he, he is um, his evolving and sh shifting things so that it will work out for his greatest plan in our lives. Um, it can be difficult. It can be trying. It can push us to the edge. Um, it can push us beyond ourselves, beyond what we can handle to where there's breaking and snapping. But it takes those moments where we are pushed beyond ourselves so that we can realize and tap into the source of God who is our great joy, our great peace, our comfort during times that are difficult beyond anything that we could imagine. So I just want to encourage you with that 
that uh, God is arranging things to be in a way that he knows um, the end result and and sometimes that path to get us there is is can be a, a quite treacherous one but uh, we just have faith and trust that he is guiding and leading us and that we can have peace and realize that we are not it is not necessary for us to try to make the way we just we just keep our ears in tuned to him and rest that he is doing his good will so continuing on um, verse 10 the chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him dressing him in an elegant robe they sent him back to Pilate that day Herod and Pilate became friends before this they had been enemies it's interesting Pilate called together the chief priests the rulers and the people and said to them you brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion now, I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him neither has Herod for he has sent him back to us as you can see he has done nothing to deserve death therefore I will punish him and then release him but the whole crowd shouted away with this man Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. So this man is a criminal. And these people are advocating that they let out a criminal and not the innocent Jesus. That now how, how true and accurate is that a picture of what has happened to and for us? We are guilty, just like Barabbas. But the life of Christ given in place for our guilty um, for our guilty selves um, just something that was shown to me some time back which I believe is wonderful but um, if you look through the names the when the word bar is at the begin at the beginning it's it means son of so Bartimaeus is son of Timaeus um, and here we see Barabbas. I believe what a wonderful uh, reality, but Bar, son of Abba or Abba, it's often referred to as the father. That's how Jesus referred to him. So it's almost like th whether this is technically correct, but I think this is a wonderful idea. Barab Barabbas or Abba's, the son of the father. And how, how too, can we parallel our lives as once guilty, being released and set free, and we are the sons of the Father? That's, that's neat. Verse 20, Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he spoke to them, Why, what crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. 
He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. I just, I'm not going to spend time thinking about this, but I want you to think about it. Jesus carried a cross, but there was a man, Simon, from Cyrene, so this man would have been a Gentile, as far as I know, and he carried Jesus' cross. Think about the implications of that. Verse 27, a large number of people followed him, including women and who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there in, hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Just think about that interaction on the cross. This man was promised entrance into paradise. And he's a criminal. He's hanging on the cross, rightly deserving of punishment. But Jesus said, you will be with me. What did this man do that, that got him into the kingdom of God? What did he what did he do in terms of how we understand one is saved? What did he do to get entrance? Verse 44, It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered 
to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. So that ends chapter 23, and that leaves us with one final chapter as we approach the end of Luke. Um, this is a dark this is a dark moment in history. An innocent man given up for the guilty who by all rights and measures should have been exalted to the highest high. Instead, he was made uh, to the lowest of lows. Befitting a criminal was put on a cross, but yet in humility and love and tenderness, even saving the criminal beside him. So I pray that as you hear this episode, that it would resonate in your heart, that you would experience the kind and tenderness that Christ felt for each and every one of us. I pray that it transforms how you see the Father, how you see God in light of Jesus. So I pray that this blesses you, that it stimulates you, and that it drives you to know Him more. So I thank you for tuning in, spending time with me this evening as we finish up chapter 23 and start the final chapter 24 tomorrow. God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you.